over uh, several months period, I realized how how his uh, business practices were and how he treated other people. I would come into the restaurant on Sunday morning and start to open operations and the store, other store operators around me would just mock me for being closed on the Sabbath, you know, and, and I just kept my mouth quiet and just, you know, I, I said, thank you for your opinion. <laughs> Don't let people tear you down, you know, let, let God lead your way. And um, don't do anything with financial gain uh, as your first and foremost thing. Welcome, everyone, to the Hive Podcast. You're listening to another episode, uh, and we are now in the studio here. Actually, I have David Zeka here with me today in person. Very excited about that. Welcome, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Vincent. We want to talk about your story. We want to talk about some exciting topics today. And and I, I just quickly want to introduce you for those uh, those of us who don't know you. David Zeka is a real estate broker, property manager. He's also the vice president of Pacific Benchmark General Contractors. And he's a partner with Ghani Table. And you can see just from that introduction that Dave has done a lot of things the last couple of years. He has multiple businesses. He has started multiple ministries. He's very active at the local church here in San Diego. And now, Dave, I, I wanted to ask you at the beginning, um, you have partnered with a lot of people. You have done a lot of things in, in the past decade. What do we need to pay attention to when we actually want to open a business, when we want to start something and we want to partner with someone? That's a great question, Vincent. You know, when I first, um, you know, I was working for, you know, uh, corporations and other entities before, so I received the W-2, you know, paycheck. But then later on, I had the opportunity uh, to come to San Diego to um, partner up with my with my cousin, who's a general contractor and civil engineer. And it was something I did want to get into, but I just didn't have the um, ability or the, 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 the to start a business from scratch. I did start it in the Bay Area, but it was very um, it was very much in its infancy. So I, um, you know, I looked at the proposition, and I became part and general partners with him in the construction business. And from there on, I started the other businesses, you know, the property management and the real estate business, which kind of all ties together. Um, but you know the the main thing that I have that I looked at uh, hindsight is you know being uh, equally yoked is an important principle in the Bible as we find in Second Corinthians uh, six fourteen and fifteen, um, and it also pertains directly to businesses because you know your business affects your personal life, it affects your financial standing, and you know it could create create a lot of difficulties and stresses that um, need not be. If you prepare, you know your your partnerships correctly. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great point. Now, now you're you said you have made ex- well. I actually know a story which I hope you can maybe share a little bit about right now, uh, because you have you said that you you've partnered with a lot of people. There's one particular partnership that maybe if you look back, you would have not. Well, you probably wouldn't do that again, right? <laughs> what happened there? That's right. So about six or seven years ago, I was trying to get into the restaurant business. So and since I had built multiple restaurants, you know, as a contractor, and I saw it, it kind of opened my eyes to that industry and how profitable it could be, and and what a, uh, and that's kind of my passion too. I love food. I love to frequent these restaurants, but owning one was something I never thought about until I operated, help operate one actually here in San Diego. 
And the the business owner, you know, pretty unscrupulous businessman at the time. I didn't know that, but I um, started to deal with him, and over a, a several months period, I realized how how his uh, business practices were and how he treated other people. You know, in in Proverbs thirteen twenty, it says, "Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffer harm." So when you realize that you know someone's not honest with you, or they're trying to extrapolate as much uh, talent out of you, but not uh, intending to at least return that in the end, then that's when you have to cut ties with that person. Uh, this person, you know, um, after ten months or so, I realized that I t- and upon speaking to other people, that he would uh, quickly uh, get the business up and running, and then sever the partnership agreement in some fashion or another. And so that other person would not have the benefit of the business, you know. And also, you know, you, you compromise a lot of the uh, principles about, you know, profiting on the Sabbath. You know, you might, even if you might not physically work on the Sabbath, if you profit from it, it's no better than to just, you know, be working on the Sabbath. So those are the principles that I always advise, um, you know, Seventh-day Adventist um, believers to to follow and to make sure you have a clear path forward as a partner um, that whoever, whomever is your partner, will adhere, you know, to the Sabbath and will respect that um, that aspect of your belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would you say at the end that um, partnering with someone who has not the same uh, faith, the same beliefs that you have, is is like always a mistake? Like, how did you draw the line then for you? Like, what would you recommend to someone who would start a business now? Well, starting a business, you know, it's a long-term commitment. You have your your time, your capital, your talent, um, you know, injected into the business. And it's just like a marriage. You spend time, you have to invest in, in, into the relationship. And, you know, being unequally yoked is the same result in a, in a, in a marriage as it is in a business. If you fail, you fail at the... Um, you know, being uh, equally yoked in the business, uh, your partnership will eventually fail, you know, if you continue to stick to your principles. So I think that's a, a very important underlying factor when you're considering a business partner or even just opening the business. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's that's true. Now, now let's move on a little bit in your story. I think your life is very exciting. You can share more <laughs> more of that. Um, when when you you finished then or you you basically ended that partnership, which didn't work out well, um, and uh, with some financial losses and and a lot of you know pain and stress involved, uh, then you said, okay, whatever, I'm going to start my own restaurant. And and we've had that here in San Diego it was a great blessing. Um, looking back now, having that restaurant. Um, what what are the major lessons that you learned? So share a little bit what you did there. What was the restaurant about, and what was working well? What didn't work well? So you know, I opened Cafe Stems in late 2016, I believe. Yeah, and and, and it was a very challenging period because you know I have to br- bring the capital to the table. I didn't want any general partners, you know, basically to to avoid the whole conflict of the Sabbath and everything because I know how to be uh, closed on Sabbath. It was a very tough thing to open in a, in a busy business hub, you know, in San Diego here, known for all its restaurants. And the biggest profit day of the of the week is is Saturday. And so I would come into the restaurant on Sunday morning and start to open operations. And the store, other store operators around me would just mock me for being closed on the Sabbath, you know. And and I just kept my mouth quiet and just, you know, I, I said, thank you for your opinion, <laughs> but I, I observed the Sabbath, you know, we need to, um, yeah. uh, so we don't open on Sabbath, but yeah, it's, it's challenging, but you know, and sometimes it's not always a success. You know, the, the restaurant business is very tough 
And had I done things differently, I don't regret the experience I had, but had I done things differently, I think, you know, I would have um, been uh, be able to stay open much longer and not sell off the business. Yeah, yeah. So so you, you did sell that one. Um, uh, what was the main reason, like, or let's say, what are the major takeaways that you, that you, um, that you got from that experience? So in some businesses, you definitely would benefit from having a partner. You know, I was working the business on all aspects, the accounting, you know, injecting capital, uh, running the front of the house, you know, and the back kitchen. <laughs> and so it was, it was tough to get it on. And, and generally, you know, restaurants are not profitable for the first year. And I had a concept that was, you know, uh, vegetarian. It was not uh, a great place to open a vegetarian restaurant. The people, the, the consumers and the patrons that frequent this, this area are not health-minded, you know, so it's not the right. But my office happened to be in that same complex, so I thought it was a convenient factor. But then again, you must pick the correct location for your concept. So that, that's an important lesson that I, that I um, uh, you know, give other, other potential restaurant owners. Yeah, 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 the location matters, that's right. Anything else that, that you learned? I, I know that you've, you were pretty smart when you started. You said you don't want to you don't want to serve hot food because of several things that that take a place, you know, that, that are basically, is it law? It's, it's kind of California law too, that you have to get a license and everything, right? Well, yeah, it, the, the capital expenditure up front is fairly costly if you want to have, you know, a hood system and, and, a, and a range and, and um, you know, con- there's other methods of cooking too, you know, your, your um, turbo chef ovens, like a convection oven and, and air fryers and everything, but still, I was I was trying to keep it simple. So we you know we we went mo- mostly the ca- the cold food route and um, you know try to crank out as much volume as possible. But yeah, it is the capital expenditure for opening a restaurant is pretty exorbitant that most people don't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But then, but then I think this is smart because you 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 were starting small and not trying to invest too much money into something that you know might not pay off later. Do you mind sharing some numbers like like uh, how much like. For someone like who's just listening to this, I mean, people have no idea what it actually costs to open a restaurant. Like, how how was it for you? What what did you pay? Uh, um, how 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 what? Yeah, what was the cost? So you know, let's take an example for a thousand square foot restaurant uh, with the back kitchen and maybe part of the front kitchen. Um, you can seat about you know twenty five to thirty five people in there. Um, so I would say more or less it's around the cafe size, not technically a full on restaurant. Um, where you would have servers, but more or less, um, you know, a fast food type of operation. Hmm. So you, your capital, you know, the initial construction cost just for you know, your standard 10 by 10 kitchen, you know, with the grease trap and, and, and your uh, three comp sink and, and your, you know, uh, prep sink and everything like that. And, you know, you're looking at, you know, at least 150000 even for a small area like that. Uh, notwithstanding, yeah. you know, the additional capital you need to carry that business through your first year. So, so usually, so, so what, what do you recommend? So saving 150,000 and then just opening it up or, or maybe like take, taking a loan, starting even smaller. You know, we, we are talking a lot about the lean startup method in, in the Hive community, which is like, you know, you start as small as you can. That's right. You know, the advice I give most, um, uh, entrepreneurs now or restaurant tours that want to get into the business is start small. You know, I've known, I know a lot of, you know, successful restaurant people in, in, the, in the area that have started very small by testing their product out, you know, at a local um, food, uh, f- maybe food court or a, um, not a food court, but more or less like a, um, an outdoor market, you know, um, farmer's markets are good to start your, your practice at, or, 
say for instance you have a dessert product you know you can always find a business owner who's willing to you know maybe have a, an extra few square feet in the corner or something you just want to set up your small operation there and just test the product you know let people know you can do it even amongst friends and family but make sure you have a solid product that's marketable and that will be you know success in that area and that there's a high demand for it and you don't have a whole lot of competition also yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's powerful and and I think that that is something that we can all start with. Like, you know, we have other people here listening to this podcast. In fact, I was interviewing uh, Yvonne um, just uh, a couple of months ago who has started then cooking her own things in her own kitchen, right? And then kind of trying to sell that, you know, things like that. Examples like that really work well. Um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, we're going to take a short break and then dive into a new business that they've started yeah you heard that right he has another one that <laughs> that he has uh, in the pipeline and it's very exciting and, and actually you can be a part of that and how that can happen you'll find out after the break so stay with us the hive business directory connects hundreds of adventist businesses go to our website register your business there and get in touch with other entrepreneurs locally and globally Get connected and learn from other successful business owners in your industry or get referrals for your business. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. My name is Vincent Bourgeois, and I'm here with David Zeka. We're talking about Dave's journey, his businesses that he started, and the lessons that he has learned along the way, how God has led him. And, um, you know... Before we go into Ghani Table, Ghani Table is the new business uh, that Dave and a new partner that he's working with, they have started that together. Before we talk about that, I would like to ask Dave um, one more time about his current type of work that he has been doing for many years now, which is actually the real estate business. Now, he's kind of known in the local community to be an excellent realtor and uh, and he has you know, done this for many years. Now, tell me, Dave... Um, how did it start? How did you start as a realtor? Maybe I ask you that first, and then uh, you can continue sharing that story. Sure. No, I, you know, I enjoy construction. I, we still, um, I still manage large construction projects and small ones as well. But you know, in the real estate business, there's often location, location, location is the motto, and sometimes you find your client finding the house in the right location that they love, but the house needs a lot of work. So I utilized my construction company to make that house their dream house rather than, you know, buy a flip home and, you know, someone else just profited from the equity there. But I make, you know, I'll, I'll help my clients provide the, um, you know, do the, to do, I provide my clients the services of remodeling their house to make it their dream house. And they, they end up, you know, pocketing that equity. So, or realizing that equity on paper. So that's why I got into it too. And, you know, the the whole thing about the real estate business, it's sales. You know, with any sales company, you have to have, you know, good advertising. I spent thousands, you know, my first couple of years of um, upon being a real estate broker. And um, I even, you know, hired, uh, you know, a, a lead generation company that's really well known nationwide. And I didn't really receive much business from them, even mm-hmm. though they, they made many promises. The basic, you know, principle I always say is, you need to, uh, the best business that you receive is by word of mouth, you know, and you receive a uh, very strong and good business because people will hear about you, they trust you, and they bring the, that word to other people. So you make, you know, your clients happy and they'll definitely refer you. And that's all I've relied upon is, is you know, referral business um, for several years now. 
And it's just in the same aspect of, of business, you know, you apply that toward Christianity. We don't need to advertise that we're Seventh-day Adventists and wear a T-shirt or whatever. Um, you know, our, our actions and the way we act and we way we treat others uh, just, you know, is, is a exemplary of how we would, um, you know, proclaim Christ's message and how Christ, you know, would treat others. And that's why... Um, that's the greatest advertising is, is when you people become interested in you and, and the way you treat them and how you act you know as Christ-like um, as you can uh, based on the, the principles that we know you know that we hold dear. Yeah, amen. Thank you for sharing that. That's right. And as missional entrepreneurs, this is our priority. This is uh, you know the main reason why we are in business. We want to share the love of God with our customers and clients, and 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 that is that's an excellent point. Thank you for that. May, one question as you were talking about this came to my mind. Uh, when when you moved down here from the Bay Area, you you basically, I mean, this is kind of risky to start as a realtor in an area that you don't really know that well. You don't have a lot of clients. You said you spent thousands of dollars just trying to get out, get the word out there. Um, do you remember a moment where it was kind of like a breakthrough moment where you realized, okay, now actually... I can live off that or now I can, I can, I mean, it's a jump, jumping in cold water, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, oh yeah, no, moment? it's, it's, you know, that's why a lot of people want to get into the real estate business because your, your educational cost is very low compared to the rewards that you receive if you work hard. And, you know, I've always been a hard worker and I always wanted to, you know, exceed at what I do. And I, I know there's not, you can't exceed at everything, but you try your best. And, you know, the first, um, in your first few sales, you realize you know what you're doing and you're confident at what you do. And then you realize that uh, maybe a couple of years down the line, you start receiving calls from people that you don't know personally. And that's when you kind of know that, you know, your business has taken off a, to a good degree where you wow. can, you know, you can definitely sustain yourself and, and provide a good income is when you're... Um, when your references or your referrals are outside of your, your circle of people that you know directly. Yeah, yeah. And how long, if I may ask, uh, did that take for you? I, I believe it was about, you know, maybe a couple of years before I really saw that, um, you know, come to fruition. And it wasn't intentional. I still serviced the people I knew, but I had additional business from the people I didn't know. And they were very thankful that I did, you know, uh, provide that service for them and represented them in, in a real estate transaction. And not only that, but it actually expanded to the commercial side of the business. You know, I focused on residential and then my construction clients, um, you know, wanted me to uh, sell their business or whatever that I provided for, that I, um, uh, you know, based on my construction services, they wanted me to sell their business at a later point. And so they got me to commercial, you know, real estate, which I wasn't my intention, but I do, you know, about 20% of my businesses is based on commercial um commercial uh, businesses and and spaces so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nice and there you can see again uh that basically when the market is giving you an opportunity as a business owner or as a you know as an entrepreneur that's what you want to take that right i mean you want to take advantage of that and if there's a need there why not why not use it right i have an interesting you know story about um, you know, in the real estate business, we have, you know, contacts that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And one of them is, you know, lending. You need to have your buyers prepared to purchase a home with the right financing in place. And so I've used the lender for several years now. And, um, 
He, you know, I talked to him about, you know, religion because he realizes that I'm un- unavailable on Saturday to answer calls or to, you know, get anything, um, any documents or anything that he may need from me. Um, and so he, I asked him one time, you know, do you have any beliefs? Do you, are you, are you Christian? Or are you, you know, and he says, no, I, I'm pretty much atheist. I don't believe there's a God, you know, and I, I just don't practice any religion. <clears throat> he may have been agnostic to a certain extent. And so, you know, um, over the course of a couple of years, I referred him to many um, Adventist clients who obtained loans from him. And, you know, not every loan process goes smoothly. You know, there's always hiccups. There could be mistakes on either end. There could be mistakes on the lender. And, you know, um, after interacting with him for several years here, he told me one time, uh, this just this past year, he's like, you know what? And we, you know, we've had light conversations about you know um adventism and and what we believe and everything and i i try to you know inject it into each conversation but he he mentioned to me he's like you know dave i've known your group and your care group uh folks for quite some time now and and i've never been treated so kindly by you know consistently by everyone that is in within your care group you know you've invited me to events and he's actually showed up at uh, several of our events now, um, in which you know there's just care group folks from our um, our young adult group, and and he's you know thoroughly impressed. And now he I hear him mention you know uh, the you know God in his conversation now that he's something is finally clicking that you know he needs something in addition to what he believed before or lack of a belief. And I think we really made an impression upon him you know by how we treated him and how we acted under tense and situ- tense situations. And, um, you know, we diffuse it with kindness and with forgiveness, you know, and that's, that's a principle that I think we should all practice no matter how, how the situation turns out. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I love how you basically took him on this, on this spiritual journey and, and I'm sure he, he's not done yet. You know, God hasn't finished that journey with him and, and, and it's just amazing to see how a heart, how a human heart can change, right? That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's right. So another, you know, interesting aspect of the real estate business, I had the opportunity of obtaining my real estate license straight out of, you know, my first year in college. Um, and and that would have, you know, given me a head start in the business, but I didn't start till later in life. That takeaway, um, now I look back hindsight, the reason why I didn't enter the real estate business, because people always told me, oh, you can't be a successful realtor. You can't do open houses on Saturday. That's the biggest day when people go out to look for homes. You can't show houses on Saturday because, you know, that's the day that, that people want to also see homes if you're representing the clients, the, the buyers. And so I put that on the back burner. That was my passion. I always wanted to sell houses. I love homes. I love construction. I love all these things that surround, you know, real estate. And, um, and so <laughs> years go by. And, you know, I, I find myself in a position where I can get my broker's license and um, sell real estate. And I thought to myself, well, I'm working for myself. You know, there's no reason why anybody needs to tell me when to work or how to work. So I, you know, if you follow God's commandments, you know, he'll pave the way for you to be successful. And um, it may not be easy, but, you know, it, it will happen. And so I started my business and and, um, you know, I tell my clients who are non-Seventh-day Adventist, and I tell them, you know, Saturdays, I do not work. So just 
be better than mine, you know. So don't call me to show um, to show you some properties or to do an open house or anything like that. So, and I've never had an issue with that. You know, people have honored that, and they don't. They know from Friday night sundown to Saturday night sun. I you know I don't answer my calls, and they're not going to be able to get a hold of me. And they've been very you know very um, uh, they've been honoring that that you know that belief of mine and and. Um, I haven't lost a, a, any business regarding that at all. You know, I mean, that's it's something you've got to stick to, and don't be afraid to venture out. You know, and have that and you know, have faith that God will provide that path for you. Hmm. Amen. I want to talk with you a little bit about Ghani Table. Um, first of all, Ghani Table. What does that mean? And and how how? Yeah, what's that business all about? So you know, I have a a good Adventist business partner. His name is J.R. Kahathal, and he's up in the LA area and he came across this, um, you know, he, he holds these comp food, uh, plants or plant-based food conferences, you know, that, um, I and a few others speak at. And, and, um, you know, we came across this area in the law that California passed where you can actually cook from your, from your home kitchen, apartment or condo, whatever, wherever you live without any modifications to your current kitchen. You just need to obtain a food license and, and several other licenses. But anyway, it's called a micro enterprise kitchen, and so we just decided to develop, you know, an app for for people to utilize this um, this law. Um, generally, you know, when you have a, a a restaurant, you're lucky if you profit, you know, fifteen percent per month or or even annual basis, um, just because the overhead costs are so high, and most people don't have a few hundred thousand in capital to start that brick and mortar business. Even a food truck costs you, you know, between fifty to seventy-five thousand to start up, and that's just uh, not feasible for a lot of people. But you know, in this this type of um, new environment that we have here, where you can actually generate income from your home, and that's the people's most dream, and their most of their dreams is to start something where they're flexible. Um, it's flexible with their time, and they can also generate income from their home. Um, this this product that we have it's it's an app that allows um, you know chefs not even chefs amateur chefs just like you from your home to produce a product Monday Wednesday Friday or Monday through Friday throughout the week and you upload your your menu items to the app and then uh, the local the, anybody in the public here can order those items uh, from you and you can pick it up at the chef's door or use a um, a third party delivery service. And so we're excited about this, you know, this product. It's it's we're the only, as we right now, we are known to be the only plant-based, you know, um, uh, service out there. And uh, we have several people that we have um, to start up as far as to, um, you know, get the product out there, and so people can learn about it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. What's and, the, what does the name mean? So Ghani Table G A N I is um, the Hebrew word from the garden. And since we're a plant-based, you know, operation, we figured that would be very appropriate to name it that. And um, yeah, I really, uh, you know, expect it to to get some traction. Our launch won't be for another couple months, but um, you know, we hope that people will utilize the service to benefit them to grow their business, you know, and to also eat healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Now I love that name, and I love that opportunity. I think it's it's really great. Um, you know, my wife is a vegan chef and I'm, I'm sure she'd love to also <laughs> do some extra, you know, use that app for, for some extra um, opportunity here. Uh, and, and I'm sure many, many more people would uh, love to try it out. Now, if we want to try it out, I know, I know this hasn't launched yet and we, you know, we love to kind of present new, new things here at the Hive podcast, but 
Um, but also, if just practically speaking, uh, if anyone who's listening to this right now or maybe later down the road wants to join mm-hmm. and, and register, how does that work? Um, um, can you help us with that? Sure. It's www.ganitable.com, G-A-N-I-T-A-B-L-E.com, and you'll be able to um, register there. You know, there's certain um, uh, aspects of the, the website and the app, obviously, that needs, you know, a little bit of further development. We're flushing out the details in that. And, um, you know, we, we hope to launch very, very soon. Yeah, exciting. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, as we're wrapping up here, you know, I, I would love to continue this conversation for hours, but uh, we <laughs> we got to wrap up here. Dave, do you have some some major takeaways as you think about the things we talked about, um, some lessons and, and, and the failure you shared, the successes you shared? What has God taught you these, these years? So I'm going to share with you a few principles that I think you could, you know, take to heart. Um, and I'll condense them down to three points. You know, the first one is to pursue your dream. You know, we live in the, in the great country here and we, there's, there's many opportunities and there may be certain, not me, maybe outside this country, you may have opportunities, but you know, let, don't let people tear you down, you know, let, let God lead your way. So pursue your dreams and, you know, like the construction business, I didn't think there was any way to make money at it, nor was I, did I think I'm a salesman to be in real estate. And from there, from that point on, it continued to, you know, um, roll. And uh, I find myself in, you know, uh, you know, very happy today in, in, in what I was able to accomplish. Um, so number one, pursue your dream. Number two, you know, start small, um, you know, earn your trust with the public or your patrons or whomever you're trying to um, service, you know, and, and do it in a kind of Christian manner, you know, to avoid, avoid all disputes, conflicts. Um, you know, and just just be the, the the Christian that you should be. You know, and don't try to start big. And you, a lot of people have big dreams, but you always got to start small because you could financially be ruined. You know, for years to come if you don't have the right um, uh, plan, business plan down. So I always ask uh, people to review their plan with myself, or ask other you know business owners who've been through the process, who've made mistakes, who who know. Um, you know the the market and everything so I always suggest that to them so start small and the third point is you know use your success to help others and and when I mean helping others helping others in their situations their predicaments and even if there's zero financial gain for yourself you know you got to help them um, and they will always be grateful to you for that I mean I've had situations where you know I you know, gave people advice on the construction project or whatever, and, and they asked me how much I charge for the consultation fee. I said, I don't charge you anything. And there's people who have their own realtors, but they need help with the transaction and have questions, and maybe an inspection report needs to be reviewed. I don't charge them for anything like that. You know, it takes me a few minutes. But, you know, in kind, they will, you know, in the future, uh, come to contact you for some other reason. You know, and, and it's always a great um, thing to hear back from people that you've helped. And, um, you know, so I say don't do anything with financial gain uh, as your first and foremost thing, you know, when you talk to people, uh, be there to be helpful and to be Christ-like and just to be the Christian that you should be. So those are my three points. Pursue your dreams, you know, start small and help others along the way.